Good morning, universe. Uh, I'm going to just admit right off the bat, I did not figure out a hello in another language nor a pause, unpause. So we're going to just go with English today. Or I could do that trick where I've been uh, saving the hello of the world, like the uh, who, the Iwis, or I believe that's how it's pronounced in uh, Slovakian. Anyway, there's about six or five. Hello! And uh, I'll get to them sooner or later, but I didn't want to be cheap. But for today, hello, universe! Said in another country's version of hello. Um, You know, and that's actually an interesting point of looking at various ways to greet across the globe. And hello, and I would say... uh, um, oh, well, there's one other one that I can't speak to at the moment that I thought had enough, uh, variance across the globe that it was, and it was, didn't look like colonialization. Hello clearly doesn't look like colonialization. And yet it's spoken in Finland, in Africa, in Asia, in America, in South America. And if you don't start noticing the clues the universe is sending you to discover some truths that are right in front of you, like this world has had a worldwide civilization of great report and it's completely gone now, well, the pyramids are still here. The Sphinx is still here. That shit in Peru is still here. That stuff in Asia is still here. Hell, there's stuff in America buried. There's stuff in Ethiopia buried. But that stuff in Iran is still here. The stuff in Iraq is still here. There's a lot of shit still here to tell you lessons that you frankly, for your own human experience, would prefer to learn. But for whatever reason, there are some people that control triggers in those arenas who are telling you stories of a different kind to keep you from thinking through where your actual heritage on this planet's scale of evolution, not intended to imply Darwin, meant to imply progress in a moving into a better version self. That reality is yours to manage and unleash. Don't let anyone else control it. Pause. pause. All right, let's, let's once again go back and talk about the shit I got wrong in the last one. And it's not shit I got wrong so much as it is. I'm just so awkward when it comes to speaking about certain subject matter, like people for whom I had an opinion that was incorrect and have since had to revise said opinion into one that is correct. James O'Keefe is a prime example. And I, yesterday in trying to enunciate what a loss James O'Keefe would be, were he to be terminated in say a Dorothy Kilgallen fashion? Well, why I was calling Dorothy Kilgallen Dolores Cannon, I cannot say. They have nothing overlapping in my Venn diagrams inside my head. So while Dolores Cannon is interesting, Dorothy Kilgallen was a hero, a heroine. She was so valuable, she had to be put down. And that, Mr. James O'Keefe, I would be bereft to find out that we'd lost you just as I'm sure there were many feeling the same way when they read 
that Dorothy Kilgallen, in the midst of an enormously successful career, just decided to off herself a couple of days after speaking to uh, one Jack Ruby and telling everyone around her that she had the story of a lifetime. And then she killed herself. You know, that's what people do right here in America. Pause. Unpause. And hey, CIA, if you're listening, which I know now you are, I don't hold the covert action, the nature of your slippery sort of fuckery against you. What inevitably you come to realize, the less ego you throw at the universe, is how driven into circumstances of, in some cases, unconscionable actions every human being potentially becomes. And I just hate that this underbelly attracts some of the cleverest among us, for sure the most intelligent, but cleverest too. And to what end? You know, so that someone like Dorothy Kilgallen could go down as a suicide when, frankly, we all know what happened. And whoever had to deliver that blow, I just, I, I, I see your positioning as the one that if it were to come clean, would change the world. So I don't know that that's even potential for any of you to have that level of epiphany and revelation. But I do know that when I look at potential mishandled, mismanaged, misdirected in this existence, well, the first place I look is to the intelligence agencies. Because some of the best among us are being trained to do the worst. And for that, I, I weep for all of you. So... I'm not trying to have a sobering moment with you. I'm just trying to say I'm not above relating to exactly the shit you've been through and why it's all there to be stains on your soul. But releasing civilizations, burdens, these whispers and lies create, do you know what level of soul redemption you'd be experiencing. That truth would literally set the planet free. So think about it. Pause. Unpause. And Ms. and Mr. CIA junior agent or what contractor, Raytheon contractor, who, who, who goes through the audio tapes? What level of engagement are you with the CIA? Are you like a, somebody living in Bangalore? who's trying to polish their English through dissecting conversational CIA uh, transcripts. Is that where we are? Whatever CIA presence is here, and anybody else of the worldwide secret of kind, well, I don't... I, I here's the thing. I, I can see into your soul from here. I feel your pain and I feel your, your anger as much as anything at a world that 
that you did everything you could to ensure wouldn't get worse, that by every measurable, uh, by any measure taken, it's worse. Except, nope, it's worse. And how, what do you, how do you find meaning in life at that point? I'm sure that's the biggest struggle now. And hopefully you have successful family threads to pull where you can justify life's purposes. Family by default offers that, which is another thing that underestimates the role of the family unit and the cohesion of society, but not to get sidetracked. Because most of you don't. And if you do, they hate you. Which just adds another layer of fuck this world to it. And so the real points of compromise that you have to contend with still, the ones where they do wake you up at night, those fucking cold sweat dreams, or just those moments of almost shudder, when you think back on a memory that you don't want to think back on, but it's there. Those are the points when you know you just compromised your soul in a way that had you the chance to do it over again, you wouldn't make the same maneuver. You know the pain it's caused you since. So, the best and brightest among us, the cleverest among us, these aren't the burdens you deserve. And so for that, I try to stay the hell out of your heads, out of your hearts and out of your souls, because <laughs> much like a woman who can't find the successful IVF pathway in her late 30s to a family she's always desperately, desperately wanted, well, the real burdens life throws at you on this planet are so overwhelming to me. I, I mean, I'm literally about to cry, so I'm going to take a pause here. Uh, I'm pause. All right, yogurt to the rescue. And I'm not, I'm, I don't like to think, I don't like to get inside the soul of the CIA. It's a filthy place. And if you get in there and can come out of there without crying, I don't think you have much humanity left. But, and, and I don't mean to, exclude any other category here that's legit like like our soldiers at war the PTSD you suffer and don't deserve might even be worse than what at least the CIA elects to be participating in what they're participating in in many ways you're just thrust into a situation and told to fucking deal with it and so you lean in on the guys that have survived and hope to be one of them and just pick up all the tragedy that comes with getting to the point that you actually get to stay away from all that chaos and violence. But getting into your heads, unfortunately, with the, the cousins I have who have mostly served this country, I have had more immediacy with the tragedy that war creates. I only really know one well, I know an FBI agent and I know a CIA agent, X. And I have had fascinating, deep conversations with both of them. And yet, neither of them would I ever 
trade my life for. Never. Pause. Unpause. And again, that I know of. Because anymore, who the fuck knows who's in the CIA? Probably my next door neighbor. I can't think of his name. Pause. Unpause. And yeah, I don't know my neighbor's name. I mean, I know... I know Marshall's name. I know uh, Iowa and Kevin across the street. I actually don't know their kids' names, but I do have thank you letters signed by both of them, so I could go find it out right now. But here's most of the reason is because in the year 2017, almost exactly seven years ago, a delusional schizophrenic walked in my back door. It turned out to be my guardian fucking angel, which I didn't know at the time. And I didn't really realize until about four years into the whole fucking thing. But if the universe is ever going to send me a guardian angel, well, having a delusional schizophrenic walk in my back door in a full state of delusion, well, it got my attention. And it fixed my soul. And listen, CIA agent, Mossad agent, MI6 agent, Massad Grandmothers Group, the Massad Junior Varsity Team, anybody currently in Israel with a conscience. Uh, there is redemption. It's simply as easy as deciding that your life is worth it. Because your level of redemption is the momentous hill to look at in terms of what you will have to do. And it's why we don't hear from you. And I would never have the courage to stand up and face the headwinds that revelations of your kind are designed to endure. They make it impossible because they know if they don't, all of you are tempted. All of you want to show the value and integrity that you know you possess. But it means giving up everything. Literally everything. Which is why, for the most part, I've lived my life as a pauper. I've never wanted to have anything to lose that separates me from being able to say exactly what needs to be said. And so, odd though it was to get to this point, I know the reason I'm here. I know who I am, and I know what I'm supposed to do. So, having come to those clarities, after a life filled with questions, trying to figure that information out, and constantly succeeding just enough to fail miserably, well... Simplifying my life, organizing myself against my foundational pillars of kindness, understanding, and forgiving, it changed everything. And the same route to success is available for you if you're willing to expose what you've been through. So I just encourage your opportunities. I don't expect anything out of you other than pondering the possibles and just never give up on yourself. There's a level of self-loathing built into what you've been through that you neither deserve nor have to spend another minute with 
as soon as you start revealing the truth, all that residue just falls right off. There is upside that you're not even seeing. I'm just letting you know. All right, let's stop talking to the CIA. They don't even want to hear this shit. Um, should we go to the lie of the day? Nah, let's save that for the end. All right. Okay. I have been avoiding the four episodes that I'm not going to publish. Yeah. I have to come correct for myself here. Nobody else gives a shit about this, but I got to get it on record. Uh, I never, ever thought of this uh, process as an image I'm cultivating. As a matter of fact, if anything, I think of it as a project to reveal the image of myself that's real. And by forcing myself into stream of consciousness, ping pong conversation, I expose truths, even sometimes that I'm not aware of there. I'm still untwisting all the pretzels I created as a, as a, uh, fuck, I can't think of the word, not a habitual liar, but, uh. Compulsive liar. Thank you. Thank you. Man, you are going fucking schizo a little bit. Um, when compulsive lying is a phenomenon in your life, well, you're extremely rare. I've only met one other. And I've met a ton of liars. But compulsive lying is its own short circuit the 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 lying lyingest among us for the most part are just schemers and they lie because they have to cover up their schemes to me that isn't a compulsive liar by any means even though their behavior may be so compulsive say a drug addict that they look like a compulsive liar because they have to lie about all of their behavior that is a different level of fuckery than the compulsive liar who literally is shaping a reality around themselves to buffer themselves from self-loathing they can't possibly let go of because it scares them too much to go down there and even think about it. So instead, they create these veneers of, of fantasy through triggers that are as accurately described from the experience as compulsive lying as anything else. And <clears throat> many times in my life did I try to have this behavior re- reverse or rectify or correct unsuccessfully, which is why I say compulsive lying is its own thing. Because trying to quit lying, if you're just covering shit up, is stop using drugs. You'll stop lying. But if you're lying in a world where you don't have any skin in the game, as it were, you're just literally fabricating fantasy realities before you're even experiencing the tangible reality in front of you. Well, it's, it's a level of self-loathing that is so deep and ingrained that your brain can't handle the truth ever. So you never allow truth to be your fundamental. It's never there. Doesn't matter what. You lie about everything. You lie about your favorite bread. You just have no concept 
of centering yourself on truth because your world is composed of fabrication. And (laughs) so sick of myself did I get as this behavior manifested across my lifetime that at one point I just pulled myself into a nest of retreat, a place where I could do more, no more damage and withdrew from everything. I had done enough hurt to people I cared about that frankly, I didn't think I was built to play the game. I did not want to see myself in action ever again. I'm not strong enough to actually do something to myself of permanence, but think it through all the time. I was compulsively thinking of it, but it was never going to be a solution. So I figured I would just release the world from any more chaos I could create. I would get enough of a job to feed myself and just die alone. And it was in this state that I started finding myself, what I call it is blurting out truths. After years, decades, a lifetime of lying, you kind of get to know your pattern lies. The ones that, well, you know, what, what are you, what kind of a political guy are you? You have your response that you kind of have polished throughout time. That's enough truth, but also enough veneer that you just continually both buffer and impress the universe around you in ways that are false. But instead of my reactions of usual crafted nature, I would just say something completely true, but I had never spoken in public before. Be like, wow, where the fuck that come from? And this just kept happening. And it it wasn't even like it, it, it in many ways wasn't conscious uh, conversational responses. I just was, and I even, as a scheming individual myself, started wondering why I was playing this game against myself. I'm like, look at this. Here I am at the end of my life, finally blurt truthing. Why am I doing this? What's the schema I'm playing? What am, what's my end game here? This has to be another charade. And then it just kept happening. And then I started finding myself with these, this wisdom. I don't know how else to call it. I just started knowing how to behave correctly and how to stand up for people and how to person I always should have been and I know I'm sounding overwhelmed and sometimes when I think about just how simple it is 
and how easily we are messaged to be our own worst enemies. I'm, I'm not saying my behavior to crawl inside some sort of cocoon of false fantasy is exactly the wrong thing to do. Because nothing on this planet is better soul food than the truth. And I had no concept of any of this. And I still feel some level of undeservedness. All my attempts to catalyze this ascension, they failed. But somehow, and I liken it to some sort of software game update, somehow I just started becoming a better person and it hasn't stopped. But some of me still feels like it's just an act. I, know, I mean, I understand the whole thing is just an act, but... And I don't even detach from my actions in any kind of this-isn't-me way. It is me. It's always me. I only am me now. But getting to love myself after all of that was hard work because I had to believe that in myself I was capable of anything. If I was capable of allowing myself to forgo truth entirely, well, that's about as fundamental and underpinning as the universe demands. We can't live inside realities that aren't agreed upon, subjective, organized, singular truths. Those exist. We're here to see them and experience them. And when we obfuscate them, well, we lose touch with everything, everything meaningful. And we trade it for the experience of the now that, while it's certainly seductive, it has no staying power. One of the reasons I put Russell Brand on my list of people I trust implicitly is because he speaks of being in a position of adulation from others that it it is exactly the sort of high-level exposure to compromise of character that you either succumb to or you overcome. But the process is filthy because you're asking yourself to experience life at its at its most tempting and to say no, which he did. And saying no along the way probably involved a lot of almost saying yeses because I know exactly what that feels like. We all could have been better people. There are all moments in life that are shameful. But none of us ever is undeserving of self-love. 
it is the single most uh, comforting asset that you can acquire is to understand how to love yourself entirely in spite of your histories, in spite of your guilt and shame, and in spite of whatever flaws in character you believe you hold. You've just been trained to think that. You've just been put in a position where you're willing to accept a lesser version of yourself. And if you let that start to write its own code inside your head, well, you're, you're going to lead yourself down roads that don't even exist, that you think are trapping you from within and keeping you from being what you should have always been since you manifested here in the first place. And I don't speak on these things as if everyone is burdened in their life with this level of retribution. I don't think that's true at all. I think most of you are fantastic people in fantastic places who just are being underserved for the opportunities that don't exist around you. But I also know there are some for whom there is just a core of disconnect that makes you feel like a liability that this world just fucked the programming up. To you, I say, we could not be more kindred spirits. Nor could you be more wrong about yourself. So, when I think about what I'm doing here, the the only way that I can justify having arrived at a place that I didn't attempt to land with a skill set that I didn't know I had and in a universe I could never have understood until this. Well, I'm very appreciative of how much more meaningful, purposeful, how more destiny-oriented my life is now than it's ever been. And I, I was ready to quit. So, none of the experiences that may be anchors in your own life matter. They just don't. And you're the, the key to both letting them stay locked up in a place they don't deserve the positioning you're giving them and the person who can release yourself from all that. But you have to believe you're worth it. You have to really love yourself. You have to look at yourself and know what you're capable of that you don't want to see yourself doing and say, that's okay, I love that part too. Because once you find balance and tranquility about who you are, well then everything in the world doesn't matter. It's just, it's just opportunities for you to react and strengthen your belief in yourself. And as an absolute committed atheist until about a decade ago, and I only say a decade ago because I know at that point I had to be having some spiritual epiphanies to get to the place I am now. I still would have told you God's bullshit. I still don't even know what to say about God. But I know for every vibrational hum that my body can produce, that it's doing so from its soul. A concept I would have mocked 
a decade ago. I am now grounded in its presence in a way that literally saved my life. So, (laughs) as hullabaloo as that sounds to me, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. I always said, if you want me to believe there is something bigger than this, prove it. There's plenty of evidence that I would consider that would change my mind. Well, having been through that path, what do I do? I give back by trying to explain that no matter where you are, no matter what you think, no matter how twisted up this world has mismessaged you, there's hope. In fact, there's belief. There's faith. I have faith in you more than you can even know. Because I know what you're capable of, having done it myself. Pause. Unpause. All right. Uh, fuck. I hate that I paused the first time I started to lose it. I didn't actually lose it the first time. Not in full-blown snot coming out of my nose. Which I did the second time, obviously. <clears throat> I try not to steer my conversations away from emotional explosions. I used to be a lot more prone to them than I have been lately while doing this. Uh, In fact, a year ago at this time, I had to stay away from recording because my emotions were overrunning everything. And talking about anything was harder than I could handle. And I probably should have been more uh, available for... Uh, documentation right then in fact would not go through that same sort of lull or overwhelming emotional phase without more documentation but it's still hard for me to expose to the universe how easily I move from buoyant to to um, to devastated I just I see how the potential of the universe exists to be had versus the execution we're currently manifesting. And I weep. I weep for the gap between what's possible versus what's actual. And being able to see the energies that mount and ebb, flow, swirl about, recycle, the One thing I can say is the more your intentions are to see a better world, the more a better world starts to happen. I know this all sounds like stuff you read in a book that some guys in robes dropped off on your porch. So I always hesitate to frame things in a mystical manner. I think there's plenty of wonder in the world that we can talk about straightforwardly right here and we'll never ever get tired of discovering things about other people or this universe. I am fascinated by all questions and understanding anything in a deeper way to me has meaning. So I've been an emotional mofo my whole life and I had loving parents. Well, I had parents who loved me. I lived in a very, I think you, well, I don't know if it's unique anymore. I think there are a lot, I don't know how many marriages turn into true partnerships, 
true unloving partnerships, but don't end in divorce. That part. I mean, divorce is there for a reason, as over 50% of marriages have proven. Buzz. One buzz. And let's face it, if I had ever walked down the aisle next to anyone, I would be divorced. Pause. Unpause. The question is, well, I couldn't have had kids, so it doesn't matter. Not that I'm sterile, but I wasn't having kids on this ride. Pause. Unpause. All right, knowing that we are over a half hour into this thing already, and this list is long, I'm going to try something. I'm going to try to speed run my way through the rest of the list. And see if I can't knock this out in the next, uh, we'll say, 20 minutes. And uh, in doing so, if in the first three, we're already 20 minutes in, well, then we're going to stop. Because I never know when the idea of, uh, what's your version of a pity party? Swisher Sweets and Slurpees? Uh, I would hope that we could get through that one in less than 30 seconds. But I could also find myself looking at 53 minutes on that timer and thinking, uh-oh, fucking A, we've only done this one? So why don't I go try to put my game face on, get ready for the big game here, see if I can't come through and perform like a true champion like those Kansas City Chiefs. You can say that I waste all of your time. But if you listened to me all the way through yesterday, well, I did give you the Chiefs as a lock of the century, but I don't know if you took advantage. I'm just saying I gave it to you. Pause. Unpause. The best part is, I also described how they were going to win. And they did, just like I said they would. Pause. Unpause. Hey, I am going to cross off. I have an enormous connection to others suffering. Um, I think we've covered that one. Pause. Unpause. Hey, and before I go any further, I started naming people off the top of my head because I didn't go looking for lists of anybody who I consider trustworthy in this universe. And I left some people off that list already that I know of, like uh, Dr. Uh, Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Tom Cowan, um, Dr. Uh, oh, God, who's the other guy? The gray-haired dude. Um, oh, what? Ah, oh, shit. How can I not think of it? I got to get his name. Hang on. Pause. Oh, pause. Dr. Peter McCullough. Glad I went and found his name. He's truly valuable. And I... When I was making the list, I had a name that I left off specifically, and I meant to talk about it, and I didn't. And I don't know that leaving him off was the right thing to do, but I left him off for a unique reason, and that's Jordan Peterson. And um, (laughs) the reason I left him off is I have an entire file of maybe 18 to 25 recordings of Jordan Peterson that I've never listened to, that I've downloaded. And... I have listened to one or two complete Jordan Peterson conversations that don't include that one in Britain where he got, where I've seen the seven minutes where he puts that journalist in her place, but I haven't seen the whole interview. That's one of the things in that file among a lot of other things of interest to me that Jordan Peterson speaks on. And he, in the one or two uh, drill downs I had was an, compelling enough figure to me to go grab a whole bunch of stuff to indulge in all at once, which I've never done. And I have avoided Jordan Peterson because of it. And I'll tell the reason why is because of the 
um, because of the fucking breakup I had to have with, with, uh, Sam, uh, fuck Sam, Sam Harris. And I, I mean, Sam's just that girlfriend that you thought was fucking awesome that turned out not to be. And I didn't need that level of disappointment in Jordan Peterson. So I've left his deep dive alone because a couple of the points that he made in my early exposure to him resonated so intensely that it, it demanded my attention in ways that, um, well, so my man crush on Jordan Peterson maintains it's, it's a stalker level of intrigue, but for reasons that I feel underexposed to him, which is an odd thing to say about anybody who uses the internet. Um, I have no, uh, commentary as to his truthiness, though. I suppose, I suppose I would have added him to the list had I made it through his repertoire of material. Um, because he seems to be a blunt truth speaker much, um, in the form of, uh, of epiphany I used to have. Um, I think he just is made that way. So, uh, so I left him off the list intentionally, but, uh, that's why. And I don't know that I have any other oversights that I have to add on there today, but as I come across them, I will. And I should apologize to Kim Iverson. I don't mean to imply that intellectual heft is a measure of someone's, um, uh, impact in a space of, of, uh, journalistic integrity at all. Um, I love Kim Iverson. I think Kim Iverson is, um, exactly the kind of person I am if I'm a woman and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so resistant to the idea of ever measuring anything against anyone in a standard way of any kind. There is no measure for intellectual prowess. And for me to imply that Naomi Wolf is more intellectually uh, advanced than Kim Iverson is bullshit. It's not even true. And I don't know sometimes why I fall back into these stratified playing fields of you're this level, they're that level, and over there is the highest level of all. Well, other than Lara Logan, who I think stands above the herd here. I think every single other person on there is the equivalent of an ascending angel and absolutely critical to our societies functioning correctly going forward. Trust these people implicitly. I do because if I all of a sudden walk out and get hit by somebody riding their bicycle down the sidewalk and snap my neck as a result and never speak again. Well, I know these people at least will be trying to leave a better world behind me for all the things that my silly accident on the sidewalk now keeps me from fulfilling. So these people are out there and I just have a couple of them. There are millions, if not billions of them. <clears throat> so I think we can cross those off now. All right. What's right under that? Me and 7 billion NPCs. Yep. Or it's just me and 7 billion NPCs. In which case, if I knew that for sure, would I just go walk out there and get hit by a car? Probably. So, while that keeps seducing me to believe that all of you are just programs and I'm the one having the experience, the flip side of that's a little too seductive as well. 
especially when you feel like you are a version of yourself that got updated. Kind of easy for me to slide down NPC Highway, I'll tell you that. But why would I be so interconnected? <gasps> Unless the rest of you are NPCs, and that's why I can see into your souls. And this soul is just some sort of electrical discharge that some residue that is a result of programming. And the self-consciousness we think we're experiencing is nothing but our programming actually realizing its own destiny of inconsequence. Is that why I can read across the entire grid? No, I'm no MPC or N MCP. What they call them in Tron? MC MCP. End of line. All right, on to something else. Uh, the grift worked. Yeah, it did. CI Psyop? Hmm. What if... Huh, what if everything you were ever taught was wrong? To me, it was one of the least ponderable what-ifs out there. Because you want me to pretend that all of the things I know to be correct are not correct? Yes, I want you to pretend it, because when you come to the point in life where you have to realize it, it won't seem so fucking scary to you. Why are people afraid of inquiry? Why do people say, no fucking way am I going to go there? I don't care what evidence you say exists. I don't need to see it. I don't want to. Fuck you. Why are people afraid of inquiry into truth? There's nothing I won't say. What, you think you have counter evidence that uh, I'm a white American male? I'd like to see it. No, show me some proof, man. You got fucking proof I'm a Pleiadian starseed that actually has a galactic ID. So I could get on the ship and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I want to see the proof right now. Right now. Where are you going? Oh, to get the proof? Well, how long are you going to be? Should I come with you? Pause. Um, pause. Well, I tried to answer that question with the next line because it says, the truth puts you in a burdensome state. Hmm. It only puts you in a burdensome state in a reality filled with lies. Which, okay, is that begging the question? Or is that, that's some sort of trick of logic. Man, there's something I should understand better. Logic. Or not. Pause. Unpause. Actually, I had a better thought after that. I don't, I least don't feel like, I may have been podcasting and written some shit down here. I hope I didn't, because that would mean I didn't attribute it correctly. I'm going to go figure out if I did that. That would be bad. But these are pretty clear thoughts for me, I will say that. Because change implies we were previously wrong. If we want to change, then we know there's something about our life that could be better. Like, did I put the trash out today? <gasps> yes, I did. I did. I did it last night. Oh, my God. That was so overdue. I'd missed like five weeks in a row. Um, whew, and I just heard the trash truck, so that was the panic. Okay. If, if, if we're looking for change and incapable of making that change... Well, that's about the biggest beatdown we can give ourselves. I still struggle with daily exercise, even though I've been doing it now for about on and off for three and a half months. And I'm way more, I, I would go a week without doing it right now and freak the fuck out and be like, what have I done here? Get on the fucking exercise machine. So at least I'm now to the point where it's habitual and I want it, but it's still effort. 
so I don't want to do it every day. Like I haven't done it today, but I will, even if it's 1130 tonight. There will be some level of me that says, get the fuck off the couch and finish your goddamn day's commitments. And when I get into the routine that I'm starting my day with my day's commitments, so I no longer have to look at them as on the horizon needing to still be done and exercises in that group, well, then I'll really have become a different version of me because now I won't be able to get up and get my day going without having that routine in place. And yet getting all through the change to get there is an enormous amount of effort in reconstructing your life, even for the better. I'm so much healthier and stronger. I get stared at by men and women now uncomfortably again, which is nice. It's nice to be wanted, even if it's just lustily. And <clears throat> there's the confidence, there's the strength of, of energy that the day rewards you with. The more involved in life you get, the more involving your life is. The more worth getting involved into your life becomes. And so when we can't give ourselves the gifts of even the better us that's right in front of us, Again, that's about as big a beatdown as we can serve up. So rather than fail, we choose not to even try. Well, to me, the biggest obstacle between that and getting to a place where I could be my best self was consistently answering the question, am I worth it? Am I worth the best version of my physical health that I can give myself without dedicating myself overwhelmingly to fitness, but instead trying to balance my life with enough daily exercise that I feel my strength of body maintaining, if not slightly building my energy level, tranquil and high all day long, my appetite for good food, good foods for me, increasing wherever I look at good foods, which does not include the chips aisle. Well, those rewards fundamentally make your life better. But realizing them is determining that you're actually worth it. You don't think you're worth it. Well, you can keep showing up with a B-minus version of yourself and hoping things go your way. Or you can tell yourself that you're better than that. You deserve more than that. And you're going to prove it to yourself. I'm not in any way trying to motivate anybody to do anything. But for me, that was the difference between feeling up to the challenge and getting it done versus feeling up to the challenge and failing again. Pause. Because you're worth it, you always will be. You just need to remind yourself that you believe that. Um, Pause. All right, believe it or not, we're going to say, why is the fluid family better? We're also going to save why would we look back when we can look forward? We are also going to save, it is good for books. That's a discussion about language and its colloquial advantages. Uh, we are also going to save uh, the only thing you can trust. Oh, no, we already talked about that. We talked about that one yesterday. Good, we don't have to save that one. Where's the other one we're going to save? Oh, it's like critical thinking. 
doesn't exist on this planet. We're not saving this one. I ended that episode with, it's like science doesn't even exist on this planet. Well, the scientific method, though discovered and, and revealed, is not adhered to on this planet. Science, the scientism side of faith, definitely exists on this planet. What is hard to find on this planet are critical thinkers. They exist. In fact, critical thinkers are critical thinkers, just as much as gay people are gay people. You don't get born without critical thinking skills intact and active. You can't shut them off. (laughs) So they exist. They're around. You may be one of them. But if you are one, then you know you are in, right now, the position of must spread your critical thinking analysis results to the world. No more seeing truths and not sharing. Right? So, it's not that we're being duped in a way that we can't unwind. But I just know that there are some of us who are more skilled at seeing how to unwind it. And we're not seeing enough of them speak up. So, the twist on stupidity that I was implying at the end of that episode that we all suffer... I understand that some of us suffer it less than others, and those suffering it less and unwinding the nonsense we're all living in the delusion of need to start speaking up. Thus, start your own fucking podcast. Podcast? Whatever. Start recording yourself and publishing it to the universe. Um, We're also going to leave consensus reality versus the truth for another one. Other than that, we've covered everything except the lie of the day. And something I know I heard on a podcast, and it was Dr. Tom Cowan who said it, so I'm giving credit here. I'm just making sure that nothing up here in the purple pen needs to be talked about. No, we got through all that too. Good. This one is done, except for all that stuff I said we get back to. Okay. A rainbow. Huh. Okay, I get it. Tom Cowan, and this may not actually be a direct quote, so I apologize, Mr. Dr. Tom Cowan. Dr. Tom Cowan, but he said something very similar to, if not exactly this, his life feels like he's ascending a rainbow on his travels back to his true home. And I am not very hallmarky, but when I heard him put his inner journey like that, I've never felt somebody describe my own feeling of what my soul's up to as well as that. And I still reading it, I'm smiling giddily at just how true that feels. I feel like I'm ascending a rainbow on my travels back to my home. So the lie of the day Nature abhors a vacuum. Well, if nature abhors a vacuum and we are on a planet that is literally hurling through the vacuum of space, how do we have an atmosphere? It's gas. How is it not just floated off into the fucking vacuum? It's gas. If nature abhors a vacuum, 
all our gas would go there. It doesn't. Why? Somewhere in there is today's lie of the day.